0: Welcome to the Soup is On Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Cook, Superintendent of Ben Lapine Schools. On the Supazon Podcast, we talk about all things public education, specifically as they relate to Ben Lapine Schools and the greater community here in Central Oregon. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Julie Lickey, Executive Director for the Family Access Network here in Central Oregon. Welcome, Julie.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Julie, thanks so much for being here. I know many folks here in the community are familiar with the work of Fan, but this is I'm a, I've been in the community now for about a year and a half mm-hmm. and I have most recently learned of the vast coverage of Fan and and the the impact that Fan has across Central Oregon and has been doing so for quite some time. I am blown away and I want to say for our listeners before we ever start the this is the model that I want everybody in the entire country to see and know and understand how we have impact for our schools. And so before, I'm going to set the bar high for you because this okay. is such a cool, cool thing that we do for not just Ben LaPine students, but students in the entire region. Right. So for our listeners who maybe think they know about FAN or don't know at all, can you give us just a little bit of the overview of F.A.N., what F.A.N. stands for, and maybe some of the
1: history? Sure, sure. So F.A.N. is Family Access Network. It is our 30-year anniversary this year. So 30 years. 30 years. It's incredible. And we are, throughout Central Oregon, Crook Deschutes and Jefferson County. We actually started at Terrebonne Elementary and Thompson Elementary, which is Amity Creek now. And that is how FAN started 30 years ago. Two schools working to connect families, and it has grown into an organization that has 27 fan advocates in 65 school sites throughout Central Oregon. So it's a 30 years is a long time, and we have come a long way from the first two sites that we had. Specifically when we talk about what FAN does and what our FAN advocates do, their their whole job is to break down barriers so students can go to school every day and be successful. They connect them to basic needs like food, shelter, clothing, school supplies, anything that is getting in the way of kids going to school every day. And, and, and we know that could be so many different things. Um, It could be boots these days, especially with the snow. It could be not having the right school supplies. It could be the families living in their car, and we need to help figure out how they can get um, more stable housing. So whatever that need is for these families, the Fan Advocate stands there with them and helps them navigate the services. And I think that's really key. The Fan Advocates are there to help families navigate the often confusing social service system.
0: We're we're talking not just... Like providing clothes or right. pro- or providing maybe some uh, some resources from the community. I mean, right. our fan advocates are actually helping families with significant and real problems. Yes. That's the that's the the when I talk about how blown away I was by what fan can accomplish. It starts with the fact that fan advocates have a lot of power and a lot of authority. To move mountains for families, and I, can you just talk a little bit about what that what yeah. that is and how that works? Yeah,
1: yeah, they'd love for you to hear that you say they have a lot of power and authority. So be, <laughs> be careful with that. Uh, we'll see who's in your office. The the truth of it is, over thirty years, we've developed incredible partnerships in in throughout Central Oregon, specifically individual partners in each of our cities, towns, and regional partnerships, and that is the heart of the work that our fan advocates do. We couldn't do this without our partners. So the fan advocates have amazing tools in their toolbox, but sometimes the tool is, I'm going to call the person I know at this organization and they're going to help me problem solve how we can support this family. So the over the last 30 years, it's allowed us to build these relationships. And, and honestly. To build a reputation so that our partners know when the fan advocate is calling, they've been working with this family and they're to help support the family.
0: So, Julie, you mentioned the, the fan advocates and the, the their ability to kind of target the needs of the families that they're, they're servicing. I've been to a couple of events where we've celebrated the work mm-hmm. of the fan mm-hmm. advocates. Um, you have many longtime employees. I think yeah. 27, if I'm not mistaken, yep. fan advocates. Talk just a little bit about their work specifically and what they do and who they are.
1: Yeah, the, um, the passion, I think, for our fan advocates varies depending on who that fan advocate is. We have some fan advocates who were um, fan clients and um, were supported through fan when their kids were younger and came out of that and then have wanted to give back and have become fan advocates, which is an incredible circle for us and they work beautifully with our families because they understand and they know and they've been there. And then we have fan advocates who really want to make a difference. They all want to make a difference, and it's hard work. It's hard work. It is, you know, going home at night and and knowing that you have families that might be sleeping in their car, um, knowing that you have kids who need more support. And I think the piece that matters for the fan advocates is the work that they can do to help support kids. It's the smiles on the faces. It's the. It's the heart of the work that they are able to help families and um, ultimately help kids succeed. And our and we have had fan advocates for 26 years up into fan advocates starting this year. The vast experience is incredible when you look at the all of the fan advocates and the numbers of years they've had working with families. And that has done nothing but make it a better program because they all talk together and work together and give each other ideas. And... I don't think you can do this difficult work without having an incredible heart for these kids and the families. Well,
0: you, when you talk about barriers, I mean, I don't even know all the possible barriers mm-hmm. that we're talking about in, in the work that fan advocates do. What's a day look like for mm-hmm. an advocate? How does, I mean, they you know, 27 uh, advocates that are uh, essentially covering 64 different schools in the entire Central Oregon region, I'm assuming they have to, to be willing to move about quite a bit, or they're covering more than one school. What does a day look like? like how are they when you when you think about those barriers what are they doing
1: yeah yeah and our fan advocates do cover um multiple schools it's about a half-time fan advocate per school so to know that they it's not a person in your school the whole time you're there it's about it's half-time granted families can reach them at any time that they need them and every day differs so um it, it is one of those things i think probably you and i have like well, I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of meetings in my in my day and I'm, I kind of have a, an idea of what my day is going to look like and that is not too true for the fan advocates. We have them come and do a day in the life of a fan advocate um, to different groups to kind of give people an idea, which is a, a really great way to see that. uh, our fan advocates walk into their office in the morning and how many emails do they have? Do they have texts and who's on the phone? And maybe somebody's waiting outside for them. So oftentimes when we have a fan advocate talk about a day in the life of a fan advocate, first of all, it's different every day. Secondly, they'll go through the, a mom called me, she needs help with her heating bill and she needs to figure out resources around that. And then a a child comes in because they need a coat and then you know three or four other things happen and they say, and then I finally get to get up and get my coffee for the day. So they don't, you know, it's like an hour, they're only an hour into their day and all of these things have already happened. And so the needs vary, the families vary, and every day looks a little bit different for each fan advocate. So
0: when, when families need to access a resource or ask get in connection with a fan advocate, how do, how do they know that a fan advocate, first of all, is available and that fan advocates might have resources or access to support that can help them in a time of need, how does that I'm um, is it networking? Is it are we doing it in the schools? Is it a combination? Is it word of mouth? What's the what's the access point?
1: Yeah, it's all those things. And I think that is the important piece about FAN. We have referrals from our school secretaries, from bus drivers, from nutrition services, and then our sort of what you would think is more traditional from some of the counselors and the nurses and the administrators. Also lots of, hey, the FAN Advocate helped me. You should also talk to the FAN Advocate. So lots of that between families. We have our local partners are referring families to us all the time if they have a family that needs services. And so it varies. We oftentimes have pieces in the school newsletters for families that they see. And, and it is more of this, do you need help or do you want to help out? Talk to your fan advocate. So we really you know, can play both of those roles for folks um, in terms of supporting and then, and then also getting support from families too.
0: So we're we're recording this uh, particular podcast in middle in the middle of December. I'm I'm thinking about this time of year and I'm thinking about the, this this season of joy and the kind of holidays. And um, is this a harder time for families? Is this uh, is this a better time for families? I'm, I'm just curious about the timing of the year and how that impacts maybe as needs and and uh, the work of our fan advocates.
1: I think it is a harder time for families because of the weather. And, and it, there is snow on the ground right now as we're talking, um, and it's going to get colder and colder. Uh, and, and we know we have families without heat, and we know we have families that are doubled and tripled up in, in places and have unstable housing. So um, it is harder in the winter. You know, Central Oregon is beautiful, and we have lots of nature. And in the summer, unfortunately, some of our families are... Um, able to go camp and it, it works for them. It's better than being in your car in the middle of winter. And so winter's harder. The heating bills are higher. Um, we need more clothing. We need, we need boots, coats. You know, I, I'm thinking as a parent myself, I think of all of those things that start adding up um, as you, you know, start school and then get into the winter months. And most of our families want their kids to have some sort of holiday. Whatever, whatever that holiday is for them, they want to give their kids something. And to not be able to have anything because you're just barely making it, that's rough for families. That is really rough.
0: So, Julie, I'm just wondering, you know, the school district is charged with uh, administering McKinney-Vento Resources, the federal funds that come to help support uh, homeless students, and a very broad definition of homelessness. Uh, is this an overlap of programs? Do we work side by side? How do those? How do those things impact or not impact uh, fan advocacy and the work that you are doing?
1: Our fan advocates work very closely with the McKinney-Vento liaisons in all of the school districts throughout the region. The fan advocates are able to provide resources to the families. So when we look at the number of students struggling with homelessness in Ben Benlapine School District, there's no way our one McKinney-Vento liaison can provide all of the services that are needed for these families. And so our liaison is able to send those families directly to the fan advocate. And and it doesn't mean the fan advocate is miraculously going to find housing. I think that's some of the the myth of, oh, the school district has a McKinney-Vento liaison that supports kids struggling with homelessness, so they're going to find housing for, the, for them. Sometimes, yes. Um, usually it's a process, and we walk alongside families and help them um Figure out what's the next best step for them. So we have to work very closely together. Um, these are all the same families. These are the families that are struggling with homelessness, that are working with the schools to make sure their kids stay in their school, which is really key. Are also the same families that our fan advocates are saying, okay, let's talk about housing. Let's talk about what other what other supports we can wrap around your students so they can be successful, um, whether you are in stable housing or not.
0: And and this tends to be, or can tend to be, kind of a quiet um, tragedy, you know, that we don't always know and people don't necessarily want to reach out. Do you find that sometimes... Um, there are there are folks who would if they would just ask if they would just reach out that we can resource them and that there are opportunities for us to help them in maybe a time of need where where it's just we 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 aren't aware of
1: I think it's twofold in that I think there are families that don't consider themselves technically homeless as as we do with the definition of homeless because they are you know two or three families in a, a small home and they think well I have a I have a roof over my head. Um, we know when we're talking about stability of housing, that family could be kicked out of that home at any time if they're not on a lease. So I think a piece of that is how can we support families with the services that we have available while, while not making them feel any shame and while um, helping to support them in the way that they want to be supported. So I think in some ways we have to make sure that families know that the services are available, and we also have to be clear about the fact that just because you're connected to your McKinney-Vento liaison and your fan advocate doesn't mean that we have a magic wand and we can get you housing. Boy, I'd love a magic wand, though, Steve. So if you've got one in your desk, we could just get that out.
0: There's a whole lot of people in this community who would love a magic wand for housing, I think. Yes, yeah, That's yes. definitely a, an issue, yes. so I recognize that. I'm just wondering, we've helped, you've helped, our fan advocates have helped so many families. There's got to be some stories that, that resonate with you. I'm just wondering if you could share one of those with our our listeners.
1: Yeah, we have we have so so many stories, and um, especially over the last thirty years, and and the um, families that we've helped, the students that we've helped, who have who interestingly have come back and said, "Oh, you Oh, you work for Fan? I was a Fan student, and Fan helped me when I was younger, and you know now it's somebody in a medical practice or working in the community, which I think is really wonderful." One story that really sits with me is um, a girl, a, a young lady that we had that was a teen and she was on her own. And, you know, we have a lot of unaccompanied youth that are on their own for no fault of their own. It is oft- sometimes parents who leave and say, We're moving to California and you're not coming. Finish your senior year here. Or um, we've had many teens who have not felt safe at home domestic violence, drugs, whatever that is and for them it's a better option to be out on their own living in their car than it is to be in that home. Incredibly resilient teens out there that are committed to graduating from high school even though they live on their own and and these students are connected to their fan advocates and in some ways can make remarkable strides because they just have somebody on their side and, and not just a fan advocate the school staff wraps around these kids in an incredible way to help support them knowing that getting graduating from high school is huge for these students and so we had one young lady who was living on her own living on her own living figured out who to live with had some people that she could live with but they couldn't pay for food she had to help support with heat she had zero school supplies, you know, all of these things. And the fan advocate worked with her to make sure that she had everything she needed, what whatever that is. And everything they need could be, let's figure out how you can go into the school and get a shower in the morning before school starts or, you know, w- whatever those barriers are for our students. And a lot of our unaccompanied youth and this this young lady, in, in fact, also working full-time, going to school, living on their own, trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And so one of the things the fan advocates are able to do are just work outside the box, which these days is not always easy with all the restrictions and guidelines and policies. And, and um, in this case, oftentimes our, our teens, you know, they don't know how to go to the Department of Human Services. They don't know that they could perhaps get food stamps, you know, these things. So our fan advocates can literally walk alongside them go with them, help them fill out the paperwork. And so this young lady was able to get support with food stamps, with the fan advocate, walking with her everywhere she went. Let me help you fill this out. You don't have documentation, let's figure out how to get you a birth certificate. All of this stuff. And um, this young lady graduated last spring and it's it's remarkable. I mean, it's remarkable to look at the path of the student and think she was on her own. She had to figure out how she was gonna eat. She didn't have school supplies, no transportation, full time job, and by the way I've got to graduate from high school. And with the help of the fan advocate and that the school staff, she graduated and that's amazing.
0: Oh, that's a great story. I just I'm just wondering if we've if there's any listeners out there right now who are maybe in those kinds of situations or they're in a position of need and they just don't know what to do, what's the first step? What should they do? If they're hearing us talk about this right now and recognizing their own story, what what would we tell them?
1: We will tell them to go um, ask for the fan advocate at their school. Our website also has all of the Fan Advocates, all of their schools, familyaccessnetwork.org, really easy, and they can just get on there and figure out who their Fan Advocate is. The other thing that we do a lot more now is um, we text with our families. For a lot of working families, you're working two jobs sometimes, to get a phone call and to return a phone call in a certain time is really difficult. So um, I would say reach out to your school. The school staff know that they have a fan advocate anywhere in Central Oregon, um, and they can. That's where you start. Start with that.
0: All right. Now let's like flip that same question. What about the folks that are listening that are like, I could be your resource. I mm. can help. I don't necessarily want to be a fan advocate, but maybe I have the ability to to give resources or I can offer something. What would we be willing to accept? What are the things that they could do to contribute? Is there a need? Is there opportunity for folks that might be in a a giving mood or can Mm -hmm. find ways to support?
1: I I will speak for all nonprofits in Central Oregon, probably the world, and say um, donating money is always the best way to do it because it allows the nonprofits to direct the money where it's needed most. Some people can do that and some people can't, and that's fine. We, um, we often need things like, currently, waterproof boots, gloves, jackets. Lots of our kids don't, aren't able to go outside um, for recess and such if they aren't, are not prepared. We are all, always in need of gift cards for food. Um, so families can go to the store and choose the food that they're going to eat. Gas cards, especially these days, transportation, gas stuff has been very difficult for families. So look for the drives that we do. There's a big school supply drive that happens in August every year. We have other folks in the community that are doing clothing, warm winter gear drives for us. There are lots of, There are lots of ways to jump in. And if people are interested in learning about more ways to um, contribute or what we need on our website, familyaccessnetwork.org, we have um, a wish list and we have um, buttons for people if they would like to donate. Um, they can look at the items that we're currently in need of. We switch that often based on the season and um, get involved in other ways as well.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Julie, for that Uh That opportunity for folks. If there are listeners out there that feel so compelled, now's a great opportunity for you to to go out and support us. Uh, And we'll make sure to get that information in the show notes so you can see uh, that website and where to give if you're so inclined. Julie, last thing, we're asking this of all of our our guests right now, this time of year, what is giving you hope right
1: now? You know, as I look back... 30 years with our 30 year anniversary, it's pretty remarkable what, what fan has done and not just fan the community, because fan isn't just these specific fan advocates. It is the community having come together to build this unique system and program to support families in such a way that works for them. We have so many people that contribute in so many different ways, that volunteer, that donate money, that sponsor events, that partner with us, that do different kinds of drives for us, and uh, we could not be the organization we are without the incredible support and partnership of so, so many people in throughout Central Oregon, and so... That, that always gives me hope. When, when I see that people are, are still with us and still willing and um, believe in the work we do, it's pretty remarkable.
0: All right, Julie, thank you for that. That's uh, just such a powerful testament. And just the anchor of goodwill that FAN has provided for this community for many, many years and, and so much support that this community has wrapped around FAN in support of Central Oregon youth and making sure that their needs and their families' needs are being met. All right, folks, that's all for today. I just want to thank Julie Lickey, our guest today, uh, Executive Director of the Family Access Network. Julie, thanks for all that you're doing to support our families throughout Central Oregon. Huge thank you also to all of the fan advocates and for their hard work in our schools and the other schools in the region. It's incredible work and I'm very grateful to you and all of our, those advocates. Remember folks, if you're pleased with the work we're doing on these podcasts, please remember to subscribe, share your review on your podcast provider. Also share them on social media. Additionally, if there are topics you'd like us to tackle, please do send us a note at podcast at ben.k12.or.us. Please let us know your thoughts. We're always grateful for the feedback. Thanks for listening to The Soup is On and please remember to always support public education.